0: Welcome to Talks at GS, where leading thinkers share insights and ideas shaping the world. This session of Talks at GS was recorded before a live audience.
1: it is my honor to welcome Drew Houston. Drew is the co-founder of Dropbox. He founded it when he was 24 in year 2007, and uh, recently just went public. And um, one of the things you, I think, are particularly thoughtful about is, so you've, gone, you've made the journey from founder, young entrepreneur, to run, running a big company, and growth, both for the company and you personally, has been important. How have you thought about investing in, in your own growth so that you can you know, remain the leader that you are? Yeah, uh, well, so
0: uh, the first thing that was helpful for me to realize is that no one's born a CEO, right? Um, so you know, no one comes out of the womb with like shiny hair and a <laughs> boss suit, baby, you know, right? Like the, the so, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's all learned, and, and and every CEO is a first time CEO at some point. And I think just knowing that um, would have given me some some comfort in the beginning. Um, and so then that means the, the, the way I think about it is. Um, your company, you don't you don't have like thousands of employees and things like that on day one, right? So it all happens over time. So what what the way I think about it is, uh, how do you keep your personal growth curve ahead of the company's growth curve? And one thing that was was surprising to me was like. So we, we got into Y Combinator. Um, afterwards, we got funding from from Sequoia. And you look on the walls, and there's like, okay, there's like Google's original S one, and there's like Apple's, mm-hmm. you know, IPO mm-hmm. or like their stock certificate or yeah. something. Um, and uh, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome! Like they agreed to fund us. Like there's probably some some room in back with the fairy dust, and we'll mm-hmm. roll around in it and <coughs> live happily ever Boom. after. Right. And then you get your funding, and you're like, all right, well, where's the, where's the, where's that where's little room? Test, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so it's it's kind of shocking how much you just kind of like left to just figure it out for yourself. Um, like I, I really thought there would be like more. I mean, it's, it, it, obviously it's not your investor's job to train you, but just the, the point being, like, I, I was surprised by the degree to which you know you're just sort of thrown in the thrown into the arena, and you just got to figure it out. Um, and so uh, for me. Uh, realizing that okay, no one's going to train me. Like I, I, I'm going to be, I have to be responsible for my own growth, um, and it's all, and it's really helped me to try to be systematic about it. And, and when I say systematic about it, I mean um, trying to get a sense of, of of where I am in the path and and sort of start with the end, of my, end in mind and work back. And so that means things like I, I like to ask myself, okay, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, um, what will I wish I had been learning today?
1: Ah, interesting.
0: And and like, what do I not know that I? Or you know, what do you not know? What do I not know that I don't know? Um, and <coughs> th- a few things have been really helpful with that. So one is like reading. I think reading is highly underrated. Um, that is uh, like, if there's one thing that's really helped me learn, um, it, it, it's it's uh, like reading and trying to get a, a sense. Like we all think that our problems are like special and unique, but then you realize a lot of these scaling challenges are, are universal. Um, not just in tech, but in business, and, mm-hmm. and really in any kind of human endeavor. Um, and so, trying not to learn everything kind of by trial and error. Um, having a stable of friends who have who have have gone through this, and, and I would say it's it's all for me. It's always been kind of a rotating cast. Um, it's been really helpful to have people that are going through it at the same time, right. uh, having people a couple steps ahead, and having some people who are, are many steps ahead. Um, and, and 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 I don't and, and I often say I'm I'm surprised by what I learn. So. Um, I remember like bothering a bunch of CEOs to get, give me some advice, um, and then I remember I was, uh, it was it was probably around 2010, 2011, and maybe even earlier 2009, and, and and we were maybe 20, 30 people in the office, and I'm like, oh wait, I got one of these meetings coming up, I got, and I'm like late, and I'm trying to commit the code and get sprint out the door, <laughs> and I and I sit down and I'm, I'm talking to the entrepreneur and. And I'm like, so okay. Well, you're you're you've got a couple hundred people in your company. Like, what do what do you, what do you work, focus on every day? Um, and he's like, well, I try to make sure the company has a really inspiring mission. And I'm like, okay. Um, and he's like, I really focus on our culture and our values. And I'm like, all right. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking of like, wait, did I finish fixing that bug? Like, or there was, <laughs> did I miss carry the one? You know? And and I'm like, and he's like, and he's just saying all this. I'm like, our values are. I'm like, what? kind of, this office space bullshit you're is like not going to help us get the code out the door, not going <laughs> to help us getting customers. And then, so I'm like, okay, thanks. Um, he's like, take lots of pictures. <laughs> that was actually good oh, that's advice. That's a good one. That's good advice, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, this will happen a lot to you as you get advice. You're just going to be like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, um, right. But then 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 I talk to the next person who is more experienced, the next one, and, and they're all saying the same thing. I'm like, okay, the only person who seems confused about this is me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's what I mean by making, so, so, and, and well, what does that mean? So, well, yeah, over a five-year period, I'm gonna have to switch from developing these systems of code and algorithms, and I, I grew up as an engineer, um, still an engineer, but, but instead of going from designing these systems, uh, these technical systems, you're gonna design these systems of people. And your culture and your values and, and shared sense of purpose—all that is programming for that, for <clears> that system. Um, but you know, I'm, that said, I didn't like. Oh, it's not like I understood it the next day. That was a path um, over many years of, of starting to understand that. Um, but those, are, but really being systematic about it, realizing, you know, no one's gonna. It's really your responsibility to get yourself trained up for this. But fortunately, it happens one day at a time.
1: Um, yeah, it's funny. In our some of our other discussions over time, you've characterized your sort of algorithm for becoming a better leader as uh, read books and talk to people. It's pretty simple, pretty simple <laughs> prescription, but it's, uh, it's worked well. Well, uh, speaking of whomever came into your office and made that uh, high level pronouncement of culture and values, let's talk about culture and values. Um, how has the culture shifted? That was I, mean, I, I visited you in that office when you had 35 people and it was just thrumming with energy and you know, the flattest of flat organizations. You guys are all on, on tables in that small little office. How did you have to shift the culture through these various waves of growth, and how would you characterize it today?
0: Yeah, well, in the beginning, it, it sort of happens. It's, it's, or at least right. in our case, it, it was, I mean, for a lot of it, for me, and my co founder, we, you know, we were 24 and 21 when we started the company, and, and, and neither of us had really had, I mean, maybe I had a couple jobs before, but not <clears> a career. And so this was, certainly, this was very quickly Dropbox was the largest environment either of us had worked in. Um, and we hired a bunch of our friends from school, um, so we're like, <laughs> that was the you culture. Know, so th- that was the culture, right? So in, in <coughs> many ways, um, uh, it, it, that said, there were th- there were things that we really valued, um, and that were really important to us. And so a, a lot of rush, my co-founder and I, we, we studied computer science uh, at MIT, and we hired a lot of the <coughs> the best engineers that we knew from there. Um, and so we were sort of part of part of our culture is kind of grafted from the MIT culture, which is really about like uh, about engineering rigor mm-hmm. and about getting the details right and about being like working your ass off um, drinking from the fire hose like these are all kind of things that we inherited um, and then you, but then you hire people and you know if when you in one beginning of the year you're ten people and the end of the year you're thirty like you've hired twenty people who are really random people from random backgrounds
1: <laughs> right.
0: and and so <coughs> what we would do initially is um, my co-founder and I, and particularly my co-founder, we're just, you, you, first you just try to interview everyone, and then it gets to the point where like Arash literally does not have enough hours in the day to talk to the people, right? So he'll, he'll do a drive-by five-minute, ten-minute interview, and mm-hmm. it's, like, he's an excellent judge of character, but there's only so much signal you can get mm-hmm. in five minutes. Um, and then you have like trusted interviewers. You try to divide and conquer a little bit that way. Um, but over time, you have to become systematic about that, too. And, and, and I think... Um, I got the advice once, so like it's not a strategy unless it's written down. And and I would say that's also I found that to be true also for your culture. It's not it's not a culture, it's not values um, if it's not written down. Because if you if you ask ten people in your company and get ten different answers, then that's you're really missing out on yep. the, the potential alignment there. Um, so we ha- we had to think about it. We're like, all right, well what do we we did one exercise we're like all right what are our values? Um, I wrote down a bunch of pretty words and I'm like, okay, we're done with our values and then nothing happened because they just kind of went in a drawer. (coughs) Um, And so then we did it again and realized, okay, it's not really what the values are, it's it's about how we live them and how they're threaded through kind of the architecture and operation of the company. Um, Meaning we decided, all right, we want a small handful of things that are important to us. Um, Just quickly, what our values are today is be worthy of trust. Um, You think about what we, we, or the caretakers of so many peoples and so many companies, absolute most important information, uh, and we have to earn the right mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, we want to be worthy of trust. Um, then quickly sweat the details, aim higher. We not I. And then I looked at those. I'm like, those are like those are true. Those are what we want to be, but they're so serious. Like, what if we just kind of screw around with the team a little bit? And one of our illustrators made this. Um, this drawing of a cupcake was a smiling cupcake, like smiling anime cupcake with stars shooting out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what if we just have that as our fifth value? I mean, that was for like some onboarding flow or something. I'm like, oh, just, no, not cupcake, not delight, not don't take ourselves seriously, but just like just that. And so it's sort of like a Rorschach, like whatever you think it is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so that was our fifth val-
1: that's our fifth value, um, is that smiling cupcake. You know, you talk a little bit about you know being systematic about leadership. Um, that implies a sort of mechanical you know you know exactly what to do, but I think there's more to your style and more to the transformation you had to go through. Talk a little bit about that you know the mechanics of leadership versus the personal dimensions of it
0: so understanding that uh, so having an accurate picture of, of, of your strengths and weaknesses and and then doing a little bit of triage where um, some weaknesses like you actually do need to fix right if, if you if you are super personally unreliable, then you're going to have a company full of unreliable people, um, and so you, you have to make sure that your weaknesses don't kill the company. Um, but at the same time, it's not as simple as just like, oh, I'm a five out of ten; I got to get to a ten out of ten. Right. Because of that fact that like, yeah, I'll never, um, you know, I'll, I'll never be you the guy that's who has far like far away. The coin will flip, and you'll y- be yeah, deficient so, on the other side. Exactly. So. Um, and I'd say more more and more recent i've seen the last few years I've really grown to appreciate um, uh, some why there's no like you would think that like, people have been running organizations for a long time you'd think this would be easier you'd think there'd be like more of a just a formula um and I think one of the reasons there's not is because one thing you'll realize if you if you haven't already is that you'll get um feedback people people' be like all right, we need like we need a strong or, or you read advice and it's like all right, it's really important to have a strong vision and set a clear direction for the company and you're like uh-huh and then the next thing you read will be like it's really important to um let people make decisions bottoms up and give them all the decision-making authority and you're like uh-huh mm-hmm. it's really important to be supportive of your direct reports and help them learn and help them grow uh-huh mm-hmm. okay it's really important to demand that they deliver results and to, and so, like you're, right. you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, I'm supposed to do X and not X. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the, the unlock there is to realize that um, even though it seems like they're mutually exclusive, um, there's real power in being able to do both. And so how, how, do you, and, and how do you get these things in balance? And so I think that's why, um, you know, in the beginning I thought maybe there's just one prototype of, like, successful leader who's really assertive and decisive and
1: all these things, but actually there are a lot of styles that can work. So you know, one of your other uh, leadership maxims, uh, you know, in addition to read books and talk to people, is uh, <laughs> you know sometimes it's more important. You know, who you are is more important than what you do. Yeah. Um, how have how do you think about that? Have you actually changed? Do you have you changed who you are? And but or do you think about playing different roles at different times? Well,
0: everybody, I think everybody knows that you, 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 you create uh, the emotional presence or the, the, the emotional field you create or your presence has a big impact on the people around you. So I think that, that's kind of obvious. Um, but I remember my coach asking me a year or two ago, he's like, Drew, do you raise or lower the level of anxiety in a room uh, when, when you're there? And I'm like... <laughs> What, what, what kind of bullshit question is that? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know, I feel like I'm a pretty chill, reasonable guy, like I hope I'm lowering the, I'm, like I'm not trying to make people, right. but, but I'm like at the same time, like if there's, you know, the people need to have their shit together and like it, right. it's my job to make sure that they're paying attention to the right things, I'm like, I, but he's like, yeah, 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 that that's called signal anxiety, um, that's, that's good, like it's that, like, oh, that, it's raining, I better turn on my headlights or, or I'm about to start in the Super Bowl, I better you know, have it together um uh but but what I'm talking about is chronic anxiety, sort of non specific right. like a. Uh, um and i and I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm like, wait, actually, if i there's certainly some meetings where i'm like I'm like thinking to myself like, oh man, are they get, this team's been struggling are they gonna that they're not gonna deliver what'm I'm, I'm like kind of like you know white knuckling and you know and that's not fun for me, it's not fun for them. It's not, the, it's the, it causes the team to like freeze up and be like, oh my God, are we gonna be, is everything gonna be okay? Um, and so something that I'm, I've been working on and found interesting um, uh, is really thinking about like mindset, right, and so mm-hmm. we've talked, effectively, have been talking about a growth mindset, realizing that a lot of the job is trainable, um, but I've also found it helpful to, to, to try to have a, like a non-anxious, non-reactive presence. Um, and because we're all subject to our emotions, but when we're emotional, we often make pretty bad decisions. And so I try to, I mean, it's, it doesn't mean you don't have emotions. Um, you still feel these things, but but learning that my emotions and my rea- reaction to them are separate things, and they can be separate. Um, yeah. And so, th- and then, uh, Really, instead of having, creating this kind of anxious environment, create a sense of adventure. And like, yeah, we're, we don't really we, we don't really know the path that's going to get us there, but we're going to figure it out. It's going to be okay. We're going to make some mistakes. We're also
1: going to need to perform. Da, da, da. And so getting that balance right. When you really, you go back to it, one of the things that's important as a leader is figure out what is your superpower? What's yours? I think I get a lot out of frustration. Um, oh, interesting. So
0: I... I the, the, the started working on Dropbox because I kept forgetting my thumb drive, right? And and I'm like, oh my god, like what? This this cannot be the right answer. Like being leashed to this little thing, and I would always be like almost putting it through the washing machine, and <laughs> right. and then and like and, and the <laughs> founding story is really like I I was I was I was going from Boston to New York on the Chinatown bus. Uh, I don't know if any of you have had the pleasure of that experience, <laughs> but um, but I forgot my thumb drive. I couldn't get any work done, and I was like, I keep forgetting this thing. I hate myself. Like, why is it? And then I'm like, Why is it? Why do I, I even have it? to have this? Um, and I was so angry, and I just started coding. And then you know, I didn't. Ha- what starting a company wasn't really the first step. I was just like, I just never want to have this problem again. And I'd say even a few years ago, when when things were really like, you sh- you sort of ride the tidal wave, 2012 and yeah. then 2015. You know, like competition's a real thing. Like we've demonstrated there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, you know, oil in our field and suddenly yeah. the Microsoft and Google and everybody's drills start showing up and, you know, they're real competition. Um, and we got, we were kind of like very, we were fighting battles on a lot of different fronts. And, you know, and meanwhile, back at home, I'm like, oh my God, like this company's getting bigger it's and, and like more successful. Um, but like my job is just, just sucks more and more because I'm like, This like frenzied bureaucrat. On the one hand, I'm like, I've never been like. I feel like the busier I'm getting, the less I'm actually producing. I'm running as fast as I can, but like I'm using my brain like like only like five percent of my brain. I I can't remember the last thing I last time I did anything creative. Um, You know what is up with this? Is this treadmill just going to keep going faster and faster? And then I looked at a lot of what I was doing, and I'm like, wait, a lot of these like fires I'm putting out are because I haven't actually planned effectively. Um, and, uh, mm. and and a lot of our work and culture really kind of glorifies busyness and kind of going from thing to thing, and so we, we uh, as a result of that frustration, I'm like okay, Love it. I can, we can actually do something about this um, You know, our mission in the beginning might have been to get people's life into the cloud, and, but in 2015 that's kind of not the problem anymore yeah. um, and so we, we updated the mission to designing a more enlightened way of working, um, which starts with realizing and, and having awareness about all the ways that that we
1: okay. could be doing better yeah I would add to your list of superpowers, uh, lead guitar on 90s power ballads, uh, which uh, Drew's a fabulous musician in addition to all his other other talents. We're almost out of time, but let's spend just a minute or two on the IPO. You waited a long time, you did it, it was highly successful. What were your kind of two or three main takeaways from that journey?
0: Yeah, well, just a little bit on, so I have a 90s rock cover band called Angry Flannel. So like weddings, bar mitzvahs. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So we actually, we've been around since two thousand six, and they, they they surprised me. They showed up on listing day, and when they it was when so they great. when they said explicitly that they would not, um, but it's really <laughs> cool that they. thought something I see. This like guitar bobbing through a crowd, and I'm like, what? So and then, and awesome. There they were. We all met on Craigslist. It's another another story. <laughs> um, so the IPO. So there was a few things were surprising. So I'd say one was that it wasn't more surprising. Um, right. Uh, and meaning that it was, it was like more straightforward than, than I thought. I found it to be a really helpful process in, in, in helping tell the company's story. Right. And a forcing function to get that right. Right. Because our business had a lot of misconceptions in that people knew it as a consumer company. They're like, oh, yeah, and, and you talk to an investor. They're like, well, I can't use it at work um, because it's a you know, regulated environment. But, but, I, but you know, I use it to share the holiday photos uh, every year. Yeah, this can't be a serious. Yeah, so it's got my they're home like, office, "Well, right. your commodity, you're this consumer thing." Da, 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 and and oh, that, no, 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 that is not our not our business. <laughs> um, like, actually, eighty percent of our subscribers use Dropbox for work. Um, we've built one of the largest business software platforms in the world using the consumer internet playbook. But we did not fit neatly into any of those. You know, people wanted to just be like, "All right, all right how many quota bearing reps do you have?" Oh wait, no, you're, you're this. Other. And we had to, and so we had to help people understand. And find how do we how do we in like two minutes get people to really yeah. first clear clear away their old misconceptions and then understand what the business really was, and, and a lot of what we discovered through that process is really sharpened our thinking about okay yeah here are our advantages this is how our business works this is how we're differentiated.
1: Yeah, well I would say you're um, having watched the trajectory of the company since two thousand and ten when we first met and then doing the IPO with you. Your your approach to the IPO exemplified many of these uh, things that you've talked about. You are an incredible student of the process. You applied yourself so diligently, and uh, the growth that you've had during this journey as an entrepreneur was just so obvious and replete. When you're on the roadshow, it's just really a pleasure to do it with you. And uh, thank you for being here. Thank you. All right.
2: This podcast was recorded on October eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part, or disclosed by any recipient to any other person. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute a recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the recipient. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty, express or implied, as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct indirect or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Goldman Sachs and Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial economic legal accounting or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast in addition the receipt of this podcast by any recipient is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Goldman Sachs to that recipient nor to constitute such person a client of any Goldman Sachs entity.